0: everyone. It's great to be with you tonight and to share with you the word. My name is Rido. If you don't know me, if you're visiting us tonight, welcome. It's great to have you here with us. A few old friends also visiting us tonight. It's great to have you with us um, and also uh, um, sharing with you the word tonight. Um, exciting. We're busy with, this, with a sermon series now for the last, uh, f- I think, three, four weeks, four weeks already, um, called Undignified. Have you been enjoying this series? Have you? Anyone? Did you learn something? Um, And so uh, the the series, if you're joining us maybe tonight for the first time, is about um, the life of David and how he worshipped God undignified when the ark came back uh, to Jerusalem and the way that he worshipped God, dancing before the ark. Almost, you know, you would think that a king would have dignity, but he worshipped God undignified. And so We've been busy with this sermon series going through certain Hebrew words. Maybe you, you forget some of them, maybe you remember, but the first one that we spoke about was Barak. Barak, right? The one that you fall down, you change your posture. We spoke about Tada. Tada is the one where we worship God through being thankful. We spoke about Yada. Donnie spoke last week about Yada. Yada. Um, to. To, to be able to raise our hands in surrender, and to worship God through through surrendering to Him and raising our hands. And tonight, the the word that I wanna 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 teach you is shabak, but you have to say a sh, you have to put a sh to it. It's shabak. Yeah, tell your friend, not shish kebab, shabak. All right, now this word, this Hebrew word, shabak, means to triumph. It's really, it's really the, the worship where we, where we shout, where we clap hands, where we praise God, right? It's the, it's the praise part. It's almost the loud part, the first part of worship we all love, but that's almost where it stays. It's like, I'll do it there, nowhere else, and... Um, and so Psalm 47 verse 1 says, Clap your hands, all peoples. Shout to God with loud songs of joys. And when I read this verse, I almost thought of, of Friday evening. Who remember Friday evening? Do Anyone clap their hands? Shouting. The crowd that I uh, watched the game with when I got there by 8.30, they were already shining, and I promise you it was not Pentecostal there. Um, that was something else. And... Um, and you know when you get to a crowd and, they, and they, you know, they're already loud, you know, like everything is already loud, and now we're going into this game, and I mean the amount of shouting, even when there was no tries being scored, was just unbelievable. Um, and and, and I, I'm, I'm thinking, you know, it's so easy to do that because what? We identify. Because we are South African, and our team is playing, and you know, my blut is groen, and so um, I'm singing, and I'm um, hey manu, you were a kangaroo, and all of those things are going on, right? <laughs> Am I right? And when the tries are being scored, we are shouting, we are clapping, and we are right there, because we can identify, even though we are not even on the field, and we did this amazing score for the first time against the All Blacks, and it was almost biblical, Just a joke. It's just a joke. But when we speak about Shabbat, this is it. This is the kind of worship that this verse is speaking of. Psalm 47 verse 1. To clap your hands before God. Worshipping God through praise, shouting, and singing. It is the power of God that enables us to become victorious. And so the topic tonight is powerful, a powerful victory, a powerful victory, right? So you can take out your Bibles and you can open up in 2 Samuel 7. And as we do this, um, let me pray for us and ask God and His Spirit to lead us as we read His Word. Lord, I pray that Your Holy Spirit will speak into our hearts as we read Your Word in this moment. And as we see, Lord, the victory that you have given to us. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Right now, we've been going through the life of David, and I think the very next part, if we speak about Shabak and, you know, this, 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 this kind of worship that we speak of to, to sing, to shout, to clap, is really fi- found in 2 Samuel 8, where there's victory upon victory upon victory. But if we're going to only read that, it's not going to make sense where that comes from. And so we have to go back to 2 Samuel 7 to understand the victory that David is experiencing in this life, in this moment, in this time. And so 2 Samuel 7 re- re- really revolves around two parts. So the first part, God comes and he gives this amazing covenant to David, the Davidic covenant, the covenant that that flows right into his future. And the second part of 2 Samuel 7 is about the way that David responds to this word, to this covenant that's, that's being given. And this covenant is really the, the loving kindness that God is promising to David, for not just for the rest of his life, but also to his offspring, building on the promise that God gave to Abram in Genesis 2. Um, 12 is 2, the Abrahamic covenant. And so we have these two prominent key players, Abram and the the generations that flowed from Abram to David, 14 generations, and from David to Jesus, 14 generations, with two prominent covenants, God saying, I am with you, and fulfilling the covenant with Jesus, so that all of us can experience it even to this day. Isn't that amazing? And so when we read 2 Samuel 7, this covenant that God has given to David in this moment, this is an important, this is a highlight moment, right? So let's read it together in 2 Samuel 7 from verse 8. And um, I sort of summed it up a little bit so you can follow me. But if everything was in there, we'll read until tomorrow. So 2 Samuel 8, um, it says, Now, You shall say to my servant David, thus says the Lord of hosts. So we know God is speaking. Here it comes. I will make, listen to all the I will statements. I will make you a great name, like the name of the great ones of the earth. And I will appoint a place for my people, Israel, and I will plant them so that they may dwell in their own place and be distributed no more. And I will give you rest from all your enemies. Moreover, the Lord declares to you that the Lord will make you a house. And then from verse 12, it becomes quite personal now. When your days are fulfilled and you lie down with your fathers, I will raise your offspring after you, who shall come from your body, and I will establish his kingdom. He shall build a house for my name, and I will establish the throne of his kingdom forever. Verse 14, Verse 14, I will be, listen to this, I will be to him a father and he shall be to me a son. And when he commits iniquity, I will discipline him with the rod of men, with the stripes of the sons of men. But my steadfast love will not depart from him. As I took it from Saul whom I put away from before you and your house, your kingdom shall be made sure forever before me, your throne shall be established forever. A moment in history where God is making a proclamation into generations saying, I will make you a people. I will establish you. I will be with you. You, I will be your father and you will be my son. Speaking of a relationship, right? An intimate, close relationship. And so we know at this point of the story, um, Donnie spoke about uh, 2 Samuel 6 a few, a few weeks ago, but if you, if you know a little bit about David's story, you know that he, he had victory over a bear, and he had victory over a lion, right? He, he killed these animals when he was a, a tending to sheep. We know that he also killed Goliath, the Philistine that That was against God's armies. He had victory. So so we know this happened in the past. There was amazing things that happened in the past. We also know that up to this point, he spent 13 years in the desert before he became the king. And at this point, we know that he was just anointed the king of Israel, uniting the kingdoms. We know that he just brought back the altar of God to Jerusalem. We know, we know that there was favor on, on David's life. And as we continue reading David's story, we see amazing victories in battles. And so to understand David's response in the second part of the story, we have to, I want to I help you to, by reminding you of a, of a, of a movie, an old movie, so just to help you understand David's response, so, an old Adam Sandler movie. Do you remember? Do you remember this? Who watched this movie? Did you? Okay. All right. Okay. So, this is an old movie. And if you've never watched this movie, that's fine. Basically, what happens was Adam Sandler in his family got very frustrated, you know, uh, because of all the, his family. the chaos and there's too many remotes and he just got frustrated. He went to the store and he asked for a universal remote wanted one remote for everything. And uh, the guy at the store took him behind somewhere and gave him a universal remote, like a, a remote for his life. And so when he got home and he started using this remote, he realized that this remote doesn't apply to the appliances. It applies to his life. And so when he paused, like he paused the dog from barking. And when he would forward, he would forward past a fight with his wife. Or if you want to zoom out, you can zoom out and see things in perspective. And zoom into maybe something in the past and see what happened there and be reminded of what happened there. And then the fast forward button made him fast forward certain moments realizing how important the present was. That's really what the movie is about. And this moment that we read in the second part of 2 Samuel 7 is almost like a click moment for David. He's zooming out, just receiving this amazing word from God, this, I will do this for you. And David needs to respond. And the way that he responds is by just zooming out for a moment and praising God for everything that he did in the past, the present, and the future. Let's look at it. right, it's amazing. So keeping this in mind, We read 2 Samuel 7 verse 18. It says, Then King David went in and sat before the Lord and he said, Who am I? So David says, Lord, who who am I for you to just mention this amazing covenant? Oh, Lord God, and what is my house that you brought me this far? Lord, you brought... It's you that brought me this far, and you make this covenant with me. It's almost like he's saying, Lord, I do not even know how to respond. The only way I know how to respond is by reflecting on what you've already done. And so when we, when, when we, when we look at David's response, it's really a Shabak moment. It's a praise moment of this great covenant that revolves around God's grace from the past, the present, and the future. And so the first part is God's past work. God's past work. The work that God has already done. And you can hear how David's language changed from verse 22. It says, You are great, O Lord God, for there is none like you, and there is no God besides you. According to all that we have heard, you see, all that we have heard with our ears, and who is like your people, Israel, the one nation on earth whom God went to redeem, to be his people, making, um, making himself a name and doing for them great and awesome things by driving out before your people whom you redeemed for yourself from Egypt, a nation and its gods. And you established for yourself, your people, Israel, To be your people forever, and you, O Lord, became their God. David is reflecting on Israel and he's saying, Lord, this is what you did. We can only give praise to what you have done for us. You heard us, you heard our cry, not hurt us, but heard us. You saved us, you redeemed us. You established us as a nation. And the only reason why you can give this covenant to to us is because of what you have done. And so David is just praising God. Placing the emphasis on God. And you know, all of us can look at our lives and we can testify of what God did in the past, right? In 2015, Just as an example, to give you an example, in 2015, my wife went down with an accident and not knowing what what God will do in the future, right? That moment is tough. She was two weeks in ICU. Eventually, they had to cut in her throat and put a pipe in her so that she can breathe properly. A tracheostomy, right? So that moment... Is tough, but there's a word that was spoken over a life that we can stand on, and so God came and He saved her. And the miracle is what God did, and so we can stand on what God did in the past and praise Him from that place. Does that make sense? The second, the second response David gave was God's future promise. Sorry, not, not the, 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 the future. First, the, the present faithfulness. His present faithfulness. From verse 28, we see David is saying, while well, there was the, the past, and then we're in the present, and he's saying, and now, O Lord God, you are God. You are God. Now, you are God. And your words are true. And you have promised this good thing to your servant. Now, therefore, may it please you. Now, therefore, may this, what we do, may it please you to bless the house of your servant so that it may continue forever before you. For you, O Lord God, have spoken. Therefore, bless us. You you see, he's referring. He's saying in the present what you have done so that you can do this, and he's responding through praising God. God's faithfulness to David in this present time was so evident. God was faithful even in the time, this 13 years that Donnie spoke of last week. God was faithful to David in that time through all the circumstances, all the way to the point where in that moment he was anointed as king, where he was able to bring back the ark of God to Jerusalem and dance before the ark undignified. Worshipping and praising God in the present because of what God did in the past. Favor, faithfulness. Not knowing of what God was busy with and the word that God has spoken over my son's lives. My Smallest boy became sick in 2021 to such a point that it was almost parallel with what happened to Michelle. Life-threatening, was not going to make it, ICU, hospitals, eventually a breathing pipe. Very much similar things, but because we know what God did in the past, we can stand on His word today. We can worship him and praise him today. And even though Samuel is not healed yet, even though that in this moment he is sick and he does have a pipe in his lungs, breathing through a pipe, having a medical condition, even though he has that, we can praise God through the storm because of what he has done. Amen? And then came the promise. And listen how David's language changes again in in verse 26. And he says, And your name will be magnified forever, saying, The Lord of hosts is God over Israel, and the house of your servant David will be established before you. For you, O Lord, God of hosts, the God of Israel, have made this revelation to your servant, saying, I will build you a house. Therefore, your servant has found courage to pray this prayer for you. So David is responding and saying, Lord, he's praising God for what God just said to him. Listen to what God says. Um, Note the I will statements in the covenant that God is making with David. He's saying, I will make for you a great name. I will make for you a great name. We see how great. David's name became, right? I will appoint a place for my people. I will give you rest from all your enemies. I will raise up your offspring after you. I will raise up your offspring after you. I will establish your royal lineage. And then he says this, I will be a father to you. I will be a father to you, just emphasizing the relationship that God has with David. They had this special father-son relationship. God had David's heart. Of all the people that went before him, God had David's heart. And that is what he's searching for from us. You know, it's easy to, to, to preach this sermon and make it, name it and claim it, right? Prosperity. God is victory over everything. But more than the victory, God wants our hearts before that. He wants to have a relationship with us. He wants to know that even when we go through tough things, we still choose Him. Because God's work in the past, Michelle was healed. Therefore, we know that Samuel will be healed. And the word that God spoke over his life will be fulfilled it will be fulfilled because god promised god promised and it's from this place friends where we see the victory in chapter 8 it is from this relationship it is from this this platform that david could stand on in the past knowing that god is faithful in the present that he could go into the future and when the battles was real you could still praise God. Listen to chapter 8. We're not going to go through everything, but here's the victory. After this, David defeated the Philistines and subdued them. He defeated, verse 2, he defeated Moab. It's the Moabites. Right, we're going to go through all the ites. In verse 3, David also defeated Hadadezer, the son of Reon, king of Zobah. And then the Syrians came to help the king of Zobah. David struck down 23, 2,000 Syrians, and the Lord gave victory to David wherever he we, we went in verse 6. The Lord gave victory to David, and listen to verse 11, and King David dedicated to the Lord. You know, this, this is unusual because this speaks about the relationship they had. Because when, normally when we, when we experience victory, it's about us. I've got the victory. I had the victory. It's all about me. But in this moment, we see how the Lord gave victory to David and David dedicated to the Lord. And this this perfect relationship, even in tough times and in good times. Verse 13, and David made a name for himself when he returned from striking down 18,000 Edomites in the Valley of Salt. And the Lord gave victory to David wherever he was. He went. There's even more in chapter 10. You can go and read this. But the mighty example of David's strength in battle lies in the victory that he got from God. Lies in the fact that the more victory there was and the more the victory was with David, the more he dedicated to God. The more he praised God. The more he stood on the platform of what God did in the past so that he can praise God in the present, knowing that he will even do more in the future. It's timeless, friends. And so in this time, we read how how this psalm, Psalm 89 was written. Especially in this time, this covenant was given to David and they praised. From verse 3, we read, You have said, I have made a covenant with my chosen one. I have sworn to David, my servant. I will establish your offspring forever and build your throne of all generations. You see, God is promising. And we see in verse 5, let the heavens praise your wonder. O Lord, your faithfulness in the assembly of the holy ones. Through a thousand generations and of what God did, we can still keep praising God. How does this message apply to you and me today? How does it apply to us? The question is, is your praise restricted to this moment on a Sunday? Or can you praise through the storm? Can you praise through the difficult circumstances? Or do you only praise when the try is being scored? You only praise when it's going well. The message of the the the, the message in this In this word today is that God is calling us to praise him because he's worthy. worthy. doesn't matter what we go through. He will give us the victory because he already did it. Because of his work in the past, he heard you. He saved you. He established you. He did it. He did it. Because of his promise for the future, this promise is for you today. I will make you a great, a, great, um, um, a great name. I will appoint a place for you. I will give you rest from all your enemies, finances, relationships, all the things that may be difficult in your life. I will give you rest. I will raise up your offspring after you. I will make your name great. And I will be a father to you. I will be a father to you. Do you hear these words tonight? I will be a father to you. This relationship is for you and for me today. And even if in this present time, in this moment, you are facing a few things, you are facing battles, God is calling you to praise Him. God is calling you to praise Him. Because know this, that God's favor, His love and His kindness, it is for you today. And it enables you to sing. It enables you to shout. It enables you to clap. And as you shout and you sing and you clap, you clap your way out of that thing, right? You sing your way out of it. You shout your way through it. Do you remember when, when God sent the, the, the Israelites to Canaan and they had to walk around for a few days around, around Jerusalem or around the walls? And they, they were like, this is crazy. And on the third day they had to do what? Shout. And when they shouted, what happened? The walls came crashing down. The walls came crashing down. And in our difficulty, friends, we can praise God. We can praise Him through through the difficult things in our lives. I want to ask the band to come up as we're going to sing and praise God tonight. I want to ask you to stand. I want to end off with this last scripture. In Luke 1, verse, as they prepare, I want to end off with this last scripture in Luke 1, verse 30, 31 to 33. It says, And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son. So God is, an angel is speaking to Mary, and he's saying, And you shall call his name Jesus. You shall call his name Jesus. He will be great and will be called the son of the most high and the Lord God will give to him the throne of his father, David. And he will reign over the house of Jacob forever and of his kingdom. There will be no end, friends. You know why? Because Jesus came to fulfill the promise. Jesus came to fulfill the covenant. Jesus is the one that made that so that we can even to this day claim this promise and know that what Jesus did in the past we can have a relationship with him today and know that he will be with us in the future. It is because of Jesus and only Jesus. He did not came to abolish the law, he came to fulfill it. And so Jesus came to fulfill this covenant So that you and I can be co So that you and I can be sons and daughters, children in this kingdom, part of this kingdom. Because Jesus had the final victory. Because Jesus gave his life. And because of that, because of what happened in the past, the victory is ours today. And even though our circumstances are real, we can praise Him. Because the victory is already done. The victory is already done. And so thank you, Jesus, that tonight we can come before You and we can worship You. Thank you that we can praise You. Thank you that You are the only one and that we can lift up Your name. And and with a thousand generations that went before us, we can praise You. And even when we don't feel it, Lord, we can praise you. When it's tough, we can praise you. When it's not going well, we can praise you. When we look at our finances, we can praise you, Lord. When we look at our bank accounts, we can praise you. When we look at our our relationship status, we can praise you. And all the things around us, we can praise you. When we look at our country, Lord, we can praise you. And tonight, Lord, we want to lift up the name that is above every other name, Jesus. And we want to shout to this name. We want to clap to you this name because this name has the victory for us and thank you that we can be part of that in jesus name we pray